You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome, everyone. Yes, indeed, you are listening to the RB1 colon a fantasy football podcast brought to you by faketeams.com. Uh, we played a different opening song, I know, uh, than what we normally do, but that was to honor the recently deceased Tom Petty, RIP. Um, so we wanted to play a little music from, from him to open the show. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined, as always, by John Barnett and Clark Barnes. Guys, how are you? Doing great, Pete. Another wonderful day. Another wonderful day. It clearly anyone who is having who's had a few bad days moved to Wisconsin because it sounds like that's all that they offer in Wisconsin are just wonderful days. And I, I have great days here. And she here. Which might be the leading ingredient into a wonderful day. I'll tell you, you travel other places and they're like, ah, you have cheese, it's not exciting. And they think that because they're eating local cheese from you know whatever state they're in. Just it is the cheese is actually way better here. You don't understand it because you've been eating cheese in Louisiana or you know Tennessee or whatever. There you go. As someone who lives in Texas and doesn't have a vested interest in Wisconsin, I have a friend who travels to Wisconsin and comes back, and she's imported some cheese for me, and that is absolutely true. The cheese is better in Wisconsin, without a doubt. You heard it here first. Groundbreaking news: Wisconsin cheese, the best cheese. <laughs> Uh, we have got a loaded, loaded episode for you today. <clears throat> As always, with now the tradition of every Thursday podcast, we will go through the world's fastest injury report, also known as Pete Reed's Rotorou. Uh, And then we are going to do give out some first quarter superlatives. We're going to take it back to high school and we're going to give out some awards to those who have deserved it with their first quarter performance. Hit up with a little start and sit and then finally finish with our Thursday night preview in which I will do my best to be as unbiased as possible, but spoiler alert, that won't happen. Uh, so let's, let's start off with the injuries. And of course, if either of my two lovely co-hosts want to interject with their own insight, please just interrupt me. I'm going to go through this as quickly as possible uh, the injury report brought to you by me just reading Roto Report. We start with the Carolina Panthers and Kelvin Benjamin, who is not practicing because of a knee injury, but all signs point to him suiting up for the Detroit Lions. So 
There you go. Next, we've got Kenny Britt, who has a hamstring tweak and might not play. I know that's just changing everyone's lineups because Kenny Britt was clearly a starter in everyone's league. Fortunately, he hasn't played yet this season, so I feel like we're okay. (laughs) So we've all learned how to deal without uh, a performance from Kenny Britt. On the Kenny train, Kenny Galladay doesn't seem like he'll be playing this week against the Panthers after missing last week against the Vikings. So something to keep eye on for all those people who thought he was going to suddenly destroy the fantasy world. The idea of a Kenny train. A Kenny train, right? It's it's captain it's captained by Kenny Loggins uh, as well as Kenny G. Oh, oh! Well, I'm gonna man. have Runaway Train from REM stuck in my head for like the next week, and I'm gonna hold <laughs> you responsible for that, Pete. Hold the Kenny Train responsible. It's all Kenny Loggins' fault. The Packers, and this is great news for John, might not might be in luck as Ty Montgomery and Jamal Williams both seem like they could possibly play on Sunday against the Cowboys, which we talked about this. We touched on this on the Tuesday episode is preposterous in our minds because we can't comprehend how you could play five plays with a broken ribs, let alone willingly go back to playing an entire game with broken ribs. I think this, you know having the extra days since it was a Thursday game at least gives them something else to work with. <laughs> By the way, Soul Asylum, not REM. Oh, oh call down. No, I appreciate that. If you if you can't count on your friends to correct you when you're wrong, what can you count on? Appreciate sure. that. Have random strangers do it to us uh, <laughs> online. Exactly. <laughs> also, Devontae Adams, there's some rumors that he might be playing, which I find a little crazy. Uh, I'm not a doctor, but I... Do not think that a paralyzing concussion fully recovers in 10 days. But what he do I think? He's know? still in the protocol, though. He's still in the, the concussion protocol as of today. So he might play, but he is not cleared at this point and is somewhere in the protocol. I don't know what stage he's in, but he's in there. Somewhere. He practiced it. He practiced today. And, and Mike McCarthy was went on report saying that he feels great because Mike McCarthy knows exactly how Devontae Adams is feeling. I'm not the first person to say this, and I understand that, but. I know concussions are a problem, and it seems like everyone likes to blame the NFL for concussions. But guys, if you could stop spearing one another with your helmets when they're clearly already being tackled, that might help you not be an invalid when you're older. You think so that there would just be? Mind. You think that there would just be like common courtesy amongst coworkers? Yeah, I mean, like you've I've, I've read a lot of stories about Larry Fitzgerald talking to opposing corners and being like, Hey man, hit me in the legs and I'll pay your fine or whatever, or hit me in the head and I'll pay the fine instead of hit me in the legs. But, and you can tell that he gets that respect because when Larry Fitzgerald goes to block on the outside, the, oh, you yeah. can tell the other corners just like, we have a gentleman's agreement. We're not going to participate in this running play and that's going to be fine. Why don't you all treat each other like that? Like stop trying to murder each other <laughs> while you're playing. Despite a dislocated finger and ankle issues, Odell Beckham will be playing for the Giants. So don't worry, everyone who thinks that Odell Beckham is not going to be playing. I don't know who you are, but that one person can now stay calm. Uh, Matt Forte is still out. Whoop-de-doo. Derek Carr is out, like we mentioned on Tuesday. Don't touch anyone on the Raiders. Wendell Smallwood sat out of practice today with a knee injury. Now, this is actually something that you might want to keep an eye on. Um, As John alluded to, I mean... Both him and LeGarrette Blunt had very productive games last week. And as John alluded to that, especially in a game where they might not be uh, up early and need to need to start passing the ball and get a run and get a pass game going, air attack going, Wendell Smallwood is definitely going to be the favorite there out of the backfield. Um, so something to keep your eyes on uh, going into this weekend. Josh Doxson tweaked his shoulder. Shocking, I know, for a player that has such a resistance to injury. Um, Man, 
really loved him coming out of college. Just hope that he can get past these injuries because he looks like he could be so good. So get well soon, Josh Doxson. He, he mossed the crud out of a dude during the Raiders game. And you, you were thinking that that was going to be the, you know, the explosion that suddenly propelled him into a fantasy and just NFL stardom, but alas, uh, thwarted by injuries yet again. But we've seen this before, and we've talked about this many times on the podcast. A fair number of, of well-known players, uh, their career has started off with injuries. And so give it a couple of years, and, and maybe, you know, maybe a scenery change is required at some point. Who knows? But there's still hope. Don't, don't give up on him quite yet. Yep. And finally, we have Marcus Mariota, uh, who's still dealing with hamstring issues. Uh, coaches is, the coach is being coached, and we don't know anything because he's not telling us anything. Uh, but he'll probably play despite the fact that the Titans just signed Brandon Whedon to be their backup backup quarterback because nothing says confidence in your quarterback situation like reaching into the free agent pool and pulling out Brandon Whedon. Brandon Whedon says that you're 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 confident in who you have starting yes <laughs> it also says you don't understand uh colin kaepernick is available or that you're not signing him for some ulterior motive and i'm gonna beat that drum what the f- is happening i mean this is if you if you're anyone who is a colin kaepernick is being blackballed by the nfl doubter I mean, A, you shouldn't be existing up to this point because the proof is in the pudding. But this is like the biggest pudding that's ever proved anything yet is that a quarter, a team that has an injured quarterback who they establish, you know, a run kind of oriented game around him because Mariota can run is very dangerous with his legs. That team goes out as a third string quarterback and signs Brandon Flippin Whedon as opposed to the very available and far more talented Colin Kaepernick. Far more is maybe a stretch, but at least has been more has put up better stuff at times at least. So that's one thing. The one thing that always gets me though, is like the best fit ever was Seattle. Right. And Seattle brought him in and they're a team that doesn't care what you say out loud or do. They brought him in, gave him a tryout and sent him on his way. So I don't know what else is going on because nobody's talking about what's happening in those rooms and we don't know what he's asking for or what the money is, but I don't know. There's, there's plenty enough going on there. There's plenty. There's definitely people who have ulterior motives, and there's definitely people who don't. So I don't know who's where, and I hesitate to go one way or the other. It's definitely fishy, but that's John. By fishy, you mean a damn travesty. (laughs) Yeah, John bringing the podcast to that to that happy medium. Not having a job is a travesty. I mean, somehow (laughs) the only Brandon, but everyone else is doing it. When Brandon Whedon is getting signed and you're not, I'm not saying he's a great quarterback. I'm not saying he's the next Johnny Unitas. I'm saying this guy is at least the 45th most talented quarterback on the planet. And the people not signing him is baffling. He's not amazing and great, but the idea that he's not better than Scott Polzine or Brandon Whedon, that's a bunch of malarkey. Remember this year, nobody was interested in Adrian Peterson either. Well, Adrian Peterson's old and washed up. But how many worse players are are out there right now who have never been and are already still not as good as Adrian Peterson? It's true. This is just that ain't too much money, and we don't know. I like that this has turned into the Colin Kaepernick show. This is our first one. Hey, it was eventually going to happen. Any podcast that talks about the NFL only lasts so long before we go on a Colin Kaepernick uh, diversion. Uh, let's. We will direct us back on course 
and we will start with the first quarter superlatives. We're going back to high school, everyone, and throughout the first, we're through the first quarter of uh, the NFL season, and just like every high school, it's time to now hand out awards and merits to the deserving players while ostracizing those players that aren't playing well and push them into the shadows because that's what high school is all about. Uh, the lesson here, kids, is that high school is rough. Now, yeah, make sure you make fun of people you don't like because that's <laughs> totally cool. Signed, high school. Uh, now, these aren't your typical, quote, most likely to succeed awards because those are lame. Uh these are the most likelies that really matter, that mean something, that are a feat of comp of accomplishment that are comparable to climbing Mount Everest or winning the Super Bowl or eating an entire snow cone without having brain freeze. These are true accomplishments, <laughs> my men. So we each have two or three awards that we will be. I think we each have three, um, and since they're all flipping amazing, because spoiler alert, we've. Uh, consulted with each other. We'll make sure we get all three because they're excellent. Uh, and we'll hand them out and we've awarded them to one player. Now, I want to put a disclaimer out. If you are coming to this segment expecting for thoughtful, provocative, and and analytic fantasy advice, you should just skip to starts and sets. There's just that 15 it. second skip ahead button. Go ahead just, and hit that. Just keep knocking that sucker until you hear me start talking about starting sits. Uh, but if you're here for fun, entertainment, and enjoyment, and laughs, and me losing my head again, well, then you're in the right place. Uh, let's have you, John, start us off. Give us your first award for the first quarter of NFL action. To unveil first off the first award of this year's annual yearbook, we're going with most likely to be the subject of a Saturday morning cartoon show. I don't know if those still exist because of Netflix, because my children only watch cartoons on Netflix anymore, so I don't know. But the answer here and the winner of this award is Carson Palmer. A cartoon character is impervious to ridiculous amounts of shots and pain, like getting hit with hammers and stuff. And Carson Palmer gets sacked 4.2 times a game. <laughs> the worst in the NFL. Uh, he also needs some kind of goofy sidekicks. And look at that receiving core right now. It's a bunch of guys who we expected things from who are just kind of flailing around a little bit. Larry Fitzgerald is still top 10 in, in, in most scoring uh, standards right now. He's doing real well. But, I mean, J.J. Nelson's the second best receiver on that team fantasy-wise right now. Uh, in ESPN PPR, he's 34th. <laughs> so, and then there's Jerron Brown, who he didn't get any targets week one, but has been coming on. But they're a wacky group of people. Carson Palmer is the most likely to be a cartoon show. So now I can see this one because a lot of times in kids' cartoons, it's big eyes and big hair and big odd-looking things. And I feel like as a quarterback – on the list of the 32 starting quarterbacks in the league, Carson Palmer is definitely this. He's got the big red hair that you could stylize and put up. He seems goofy and like not especially smart. So I'm with you on this one. I like it. You could totally see them being like, you know, it's like, who's that coming down the street? It's Carson. And he's like, oh, guys, it's me. <laughs> There's got to be Bruce Arians bits in there because if read, <laughs> there, that's the red book. Yes. The quarterback whisper book. Oh yeah, that book is amazing. 
I want stories as good as what Bruce Arians has. They are great. He drank paint for crying out loud. I love that man. Wait, what? Paint's good. Is that uh, this is this would that would be the first episode. It would be like now, kids. Just because old Uncle Bruce drank paint doesn't mean you should. Wah, wah. I think yes. this is this is our latest media venture. We're going to create the Carson Palmer show, and it's going to be an animated cartoon, and we learn lessons each week from Carson Palmer. I'm sure I mean, he's cool with it. I'm sure I he's totally. Cool. He's got to be cool with it. We'll get him on the show. All right, we'll get our media team to start just relentlessly heckling Carson Palmer until he comes on the show. Clark, give us your uh, your first award for the uh, for the first quota. All right, so. These are just fun awards that I thought were fun. So staying on brand and not participating in the, in the set up by the league. <laughs> These are just some of my fun things that I think about players that are in the NFL. So uh, I've got most likely to play a supporting role in Transformers 9, J.J. Watt. Oh, 100%. He's Jack. Yes. He's loved by middle America. He likely has seen a rock movie and thought, I could do that. <laughs> and I mean, how much better of an actor do you think Mark Wahlberg is than J.J. Watt? I mean, probably oh, not much better, right? Right. He's great on the lead. Yeah. He was, on the lead. he was good in New Girl. He has an acting background. I had no idea that all of that was true. And that makes me even more excited about my pick JJ Watt to be in Transformers 9. JJ Abrams, I'm looking at you, man. Let's JJ JJ this up and let's do this. JJ Watt watching a rock movie thinking that he could do that is one of the greatest images that I've ever been presented. Just watching Baywatch and he's like, yo, I could make Zach Raffron also look puny. That doesn't look that hard. I could flex my I could flex my pecs. He's amazing. Yeah, that's that's perfect. That is an I excellent. That's a compliment, by the way. Just in case there's yeah. any question, I love you, JJ Watt. JJ, he's my man crush. You can join Carson Palmer on next week's show and talk about your uh, your role in Transformers Nine. Uh, all right. So my first award is I've uh, I've taken a little bit from one of the most classic sports films of all time, uh, and I've decided who's most likely to have their talent stolen by the Monstars for a football game to determine the fate of the human race. And you got to go with Kareem Hunt. I feel like he's he's leading the league in rushing yards to the utmost extreme. He's literally by a mile. It's 502 yards he has, and Todd Gurley's number two with 362. That's insane! For all of the measurement fans out there, 502 yards is actually a mile. He literally has run a mile. And so, yeah. And so, like, that's just the it's just the obvious choice. If you were trying to take the power of the most explosive player in the NFL right now, it's hard to argue that that person is not Kareem Hunt from a production standpoint. Now, if these aliens knew anything about football and they knew that no team without a quarterback is, you know, you, you can't do anything if you don't have a quarterback. They would then drag up Brett Favre out of retirement. <laughs> and they would take it. And it would be Brett Favre against the normal America for the world. And Brett Favre would sling that gun. Oh, man. It would be a, it would be a beautiful game to witness. So as the junior vice president of the Alex Smith fan club, I feel like that's insulting. <laughs> you know, though, that in that game with the Monstars, he would somehow say, like, Whoever his favorite 
receiver is. He's going to force the ball in that direction at the end of that game, and and the earth is going to be destroyed. Oh, 100 percent. Oh, yeah. No, if our if our if the fate of humanity rested upon the shoulders of Brett Favre, we'd be doomed. Get to the third quarter or like middle of the fourth, and you'd be like, yes, we're going to do this. We are going to be able to beat these aliens. We're going to send them back to their planet. And then Brett Favre is just going to huck up this prayer for no reason. And it's going to get intercepted. And you're going to be like, well, all right. Well, it was fun being human while it lasted. I guess the co- a clearly superior alien race. I'll take my chances with Brett Favre. All uh, these great pictures with like the, the, the camera that hangs above the field game that he just ruined in overtime. Yeah. If you look at this still shot, they've got it. There are four receivers breaking open and Donald Driver, who is just blanketed. Favre is just like, ball's going to Don. He's my man. <laughs> Before the, the only guy who got open. Just a public service announcement to new listeners. John is a Green Bay Packers fan, which means you are going to hear 20 years worth of references to specific <laughs> games and moments that the Packers played because Packers fans are the most intelligent fans in the NFL. Very true. <laughs> we put that disclaimer at the beginning of every episode. Okay, good, good. Uh, moving on, John, what is your second award that you will be passing out today? The second award I'm giving out today is who is most likely to be on Broadway. Oh, beautiful. Is Russell Wilson. Think about it. Think about it. He has tap dancing feet. He's got the pretty feet. He's got the moves. He can spin. He can cut. He's got the athleticism. Also, he works free of supporting cast. He's definitely the top biller. He's out there with no line. He's out there with whatever running back has been signed off of the street. Next week, I think I'm out there. I don't know. Give me the play bill. I am on. He's got a flair for the dramatic. Think of the first three games. They all they lost all three of those games by eight points or less. They lost by three. They lost by eight. They lost by six. Uh, and then last week that ridiculously weird game where they're losing at halftime and then just blow up the second act coming out there and destroying Indianapolis. He has a flair. He has a flair for the dramatic and uh, he is definitely the most likely to be on Broadway. And he's got that smile, the smile and the look he's got. Oh, good. Good looking kid. I'm yeah. with you. I think that's good. I think it's a hundred percent. And I also want to point out that this should be, this should have come at, at no surprise to anyone that John picks a Wisconsin player. I did Sneaky watch Wisconsin plug. Right. We're playing while I was in law school. There I watched go. Russell Wilson live from the student section and I watched JJ Watt live from the student section. There you and go. I only picked one of those two here today. <laughs> <laughs> Let the record show that of the two Wisconsin men, John's only picked 50%. <laughs> no, that's, that's by far and away the correct answer. And it would also be the kind of like, conversion from nfl stardom to like broadway stardom that like russell wilson would love he would go crazy for that in order to like make that transformation and be like could he do it could he not do it does he have the talent does he have the vocal and you're like everyone's been doubting me all my life i've won a super bowl i now i'm gonna win a tony and that would be the opening scene can he do it can he dance can he sing even though we throw ball good yeah this is this is where we are coming out of this podcast with millions of fantastic ideas. We have several thousand dollar ideas coming out of this podcast. <laughs> I, I I don't think you could listen to this and not have dollar signs coming out of your eyeballs. It seems clear to me that Clark has already been working on this musical. It's Dude, true. Got, the first song is already written. I've got the moves. I've got the tone. I've got the jazz hands. I am ready. 
It's happening. John, uh, Clark, give us your second award. Okay, my, my second one is, uh, I, y'all might be able to guess this, so I'll give you the chance before I reveal the man in question here. So I've got most likely to open a fish taco truck in Colorado, and you spell fish, P-H. J.J. Watt. <laughs> Close. Danny Woodhead. No. Yeah, it's your boy, Danny Woodhead, obviously. Everybody's favorite fish fan, Danny Woodhead. And if that joke doesn't make sense to you, pause the podcast and search Danny Woodhead in Google Images. Uh, I love you, Danny Woodhead. You can also do that while listening to the podcast. You don't need to pause this. Multitasking is a lost art form in modern America, and we are here to promote that. You should pause it because you're going to miss key information that's important for your next million-dollar idea. But we just spent the last three minutes that was time to search, talking about how you shouldn't pause to search. So if you paused and came back to this, you're really upset right now. I feel like either way, we're covered now, though. So Perfect. good work, everyone. We're good. We're done. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I feel like that should be a more natural progression after the NFL, right? I feel like more retired NFL players should open up food trucks. Am I wrong? Uh, so, uh, I had a weekend with a lady this past weekend, and we went down to Wimberley, Texas, which is a nice little central Texas place to go for uh, retreats. They got a bunch of wineries and a stupid little downtown where you can go to places and pick up overpriced knickknacks and whatnot. And on the outskirts of town, there's this place called Brewster's, where a backup offensive lineman named something near Bruce opened up a brewery and a pizza place. So Danny Woodhead, it has been done. Please open a fish taco truck in Colorado. I will come and eat your fish tacos. There you go. Danny Woodhead. I don't know how you pass up on that offer. Former recruiting scout or ever for uh, the University of Texas, Tim Brewster, who became the head coach of the Minnesota Gophers. Not God. that guy. Oh, John is such a wealth of football knowledge. Terrible Thank you for coach. being on the podcast because he is you by, know what you're talking about. By far and away the most qualified person to be here. Tim Brewster was like the worst college head coach. But he <laughs> got the job. No, the, this is the best part. He got the job because Minnesota outsources their head coach searches. Got the job because you're like, well, he did convince Vince Young to go to Texas. You're like, he's from Houston. <laughs> of course. Boy, Houston grows up wanting to go to Texas. <laughs> Oh, not a not a good job that you're like, well, you got a Texan to go to Texas. What an accomplishment. I am amazed that you had a secondary story right. off of my Seriously. stupid story about like, my even just knowing his name is a story enough. And you're like on top of that being like, well, here's a little anecdote that I know about Tim Brewster. Really impressive work, John. Just amazing. Good work. Better than other jobs. Um, moving on. <laughs> I will give my second award, uh, and that is who I'd most want to be trapped on an island with. A slight disclaimer that in the next two ones, I am picking retired players, and I already kind of picked Brett Favre earlier. It's just because the current NFL is is lacking in the department of, of what I'm looking for when it comes to these two questions. Pete, as someone who regularly breaks the rules of the podcast, I'll allow it. Excellent. Good. That's all I need. As long as I got your approval, then we're good to go. Uh, Vince Wilfork. How do you say no to hanging out on an island with Vince Wilfork? I mean, you're smoking ribs, you're chatting it up, you're drinking beers, you're wearing overalls and ribs hats. I don't know who you would ha- who I would rather have on an island than just chilling with Big Vince. I guess in this one, you have to assume you have unlimited food. Because oh, yeah, totally. your, plan, your plan includes you're going to be grilling ribs, not like you're on a deserted <laughs> island. 
and Vince Wilfork eats all the food and tells you to go away. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a very comf- very cushy island that we're that we're deserted on. Man, right. I feel like I would really love being the inside of a spoon to someone like to, to Vince Wilfork. He seems so nice. He just seems the nicest person in the world. And anytime <laughs> you watch him, he just like ah, uh, the watching him on Hard Knocks for the Texans was one of the greatest moments of my life. And I'm so glad that I mean. It was devastating to watch him leave the Patriots, but you know the Patriots are never going to be on Hard Knocks because that thing is Fort Knox over there, and they're never going to let a camera crew inside because who knows what's going on there, and that's coming from a Patriots fan. But I'm so glad that Vince Wilfork was uh, was able to be featured on a show that just followed him around because that man, he just he, he, he introduced himself to the world, and everyone got to see the beauty, the beautiful man that we were able to have on our defensive line for like, 15 years it was glorious the best part of that hard knocks was jj watt but the second best part of that hard knocks was vince wilfork at the dinner where they're getting their super bowl rings and watching tom brady clearly intoxicated having a conversation about his ring just a little ice on there look look (laughs) it's like no tom tom stop (laughs) just stop talking since we're getting sidetracked on hard knocks i must disagree the best part of Hard Knocks was DeAndre Hopkins walking through the mall talking about handbags and why it's really not weird to carry a little dog around with you. Talking about endearing yourself to me, DeAndre Hopkins, that's why I bought your jersey. You are cool. You are a good dude. And keep on rocking, DeAndre. With that, moving on to our final rounds of awards, because my goodness, this is just, we, I mean, they're too good. These awards are exquisite. This is exquisite. We should give ourselves a first quarter award for being so excellent when it comes to podcasting. Uh, John, give us your final award. My next category here to be awarded is most likely to eat above. Brock Osweiler. The answer here. The answer and the award goes to Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is a man himself too. Todd Gurley is a do-everything guy. Todd Gurley would eat a bug because Todd Gurley is not afraid of the bug. Todd Gurley has 106 touches already. He has 86 carries, 20 receptions. He has, if you include targets plus carries, 149 targets and carries, which, which is second he leads in touches, is second in the targets plus carries. It's right behind Cream Hunt. So it's like, yeah, he's he's out there. He's doing all that stuff. He is he is the guy who's most likely to just do whatever crazy thing you need done. It's going to be Todd Gurley this year. And uh, he would be the most likely to eat a bug, I think. So we went at this <laughs> different ways for most likely to eat a bug. I looked at, like, who is the biggest nerd who might oh, have to explain shocker. things to the science Clark doesn't teacher? Understand the rules and makes up his own answer. It's I, someone I, else's question. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm changing the rules for everyone, guys. Change the rules for everyone. I'm gonna veto or suggest a veto. I guess I'm not in charge. I'm gonna suggest a veto. I feel like Bross, Brock Osweiler is the most likely person to eat a beetle to show everyone. Hey, hey denied. Hey guys, eating beetles isn't weird. You know, I feel like that's <laughs> no, you something do he's point. done before. I will, I will. I'm glad I didn't deny you so much because that Brock Osweiler voice was pin perfect. He will. That will be the voice of the Brock Osweiler character that shows up on the Carson Palmer show. Right. Oh, yes. please, 
Bruce Arians, Uncle Bruce will be, they'll be telling, Uncle Bruce will be telling stories and they'll be like, you know, if only I had gotten my hands on Brock Osweiler. And then we'd cut to Brock Osweiler and be like, hey guys, eating Beatles isn't weird. Every time they show Brock Osweiler, they need to immediately like pan to the right. And there's just Bill O'Brien just going, just <laughs> forehead to hand. Just, just face palming. <laughs> perfect. I love it. Clark, give us your final award. All right, so the final award goes to the player most likely to lead a ragtag group of down-on-their-luck prison inmates to victory against their oppressive prison guards in a closed-circuit TV gridiron battle for the ages. Burt Reynolds. Close. (laughs) Burt Reynolds not in the NFL right now, so I went with a current player, (laughs) Jay Cutler. He likes to smoke. You can see him getting pulled over in florida on vacation smoking a heater doesn't really like the trooper's attitude and just flicking it at him he ends up doing five to ten for assaulting an officer and then leads this group of inmates to beat their oppressive overseers in like a 13 to 6 romp (laughs) smoking jay cutler back there throwing it around I assume he would just have a lit cigarette in his mouth at all times. Well, I mean, I don't know if you can smoke in jail anymore, but I feel like you used to, and we should bring that back. Well, he would certainly smoke on the field. <laughs> he would have to. It would, it, it's like his. It's like you know how like Bane wears the mask in order to like inhale the fumes to give him his his, his strength. Jay Cutler needs a cigarette in his mouth, otherwise he just can't perform. As someone who works in a video game company, could you turn your nerd down a little bit? I, I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> too much. Too much. Too much. I know. <laughs> I know I I can see the first part of the the premise. I could see Jay Cutler, you know, having something like you've described. I have trouble seeing him caring enough to like, hey, we need a quarterback. Can it be you? And he'd be like, uh, uh. maybe. So that's important. We should talk about plot points. That's very. He already, he already clearly regrets his decision to come out of retirement to play against the Dolphins. This again, he could just be like, uh, do I really want to come out of retirement again to play against the prison guards? Uh, finally, my final award, I have <clears throat> the most likely to star as Detective Dick Tracy, Private Eye, in a classic film noir. Now, the most truest part of a film noir and any detective film is the detective main character's voice, right? There's all those kind of like voiceovers where they're talking about how rough the life is and how the streets were never kind to them. It's a rainy day, but then again, it's always a rainy day in my neighborhood, that kind of stuff. Now, because there's the internet doesn't tell me the best voices of the NFL, which I mean, come on, Buzzfeed, get on that. I had to go from memory. And sadly, like I mentioned before, the person who I came up with has already retired, but Clark, I assure you'll appreciate this. Andre Johnson. Have you heard that man speak? Um, when I first came in the league, I said I only wanted to play 10 years. And um, when I hit 10, when I hit my 10th year, I was like, I could play five more. So mm-hmm. I was shooting for 15. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I, I mean, I didn't make it to 15, but, you know, that's, that's what I was shooting for. Yeah, when he was talking about beating the tar exactly. out of – Yes, exactly. He is Andre Johnson brought the calm, majestic, mysterious, like 
strength to the NFL where he would just never really talked, but when he talked, it was in this deep, just like low booming voice. And if you pissed him off, would literally destroy you. Cortland Finnegan just got walloped in that game uh, physically and emotionally. If you don't know it, you should pause and go listen to it because that man's voice, if you, that is one of the few professional athletes who I want narrating my life and great choice for the detective, because you would expect, you know, that ilk of private eye to be generally reserved and generally calm, which is exactly what Andre Johnson did all of the time. And so it was so surprising in that one scene where he beat that man's face into a pulp. I think I might be thinking about a different movie, but you know what I'm talking about? We can see Andre Johnson doing that. Oh, 100%. And and he's got this mysterious past that drives him to these violent outbursts. The whole storyline's there. It's perfect. We've we've done our due diligence, and this movie is coming out. Yeah, we're killing it. We are reaching at a level that we did not think was possible, but we have now achieved it. None of us will be here next week because we'll all be in Hollywood. So This is true. We're good. No podcast. Yeah, if you don't hear us ever again, it's because we've made millions. (laughs) We're going to have to produce all these joints from Austin. I am not going to California. Fair. <laughs> Fair enough. Welcome, everyone, who actually cares about fantasy advice, and you hit that 15-second button over and over and over and over and over again. You're finally at fantasy football advice. We're going to here for the parts. You can just stop now, I guess. Exactly. So. Exactly. If you were just here <laughs> to be entertained, now we're going to get boring. <laughs> uh we're going to touch on some start and sits for week five uh, and then do a little Thursday night preview. Uh, quickly, uh, Clark, give me a, your start and or sit. All right. So this is for you folks out there streaming quarterbacks or struggling with quarterback because neither one of these guys is great. But if you're the 12th best quarterback owner in your league, you might be looking at something like this. This week, we're going to sit Andy Dalton. Against the Bills. I know that he had a good game last week, but now we got a couple of weeks on Bill Lazor's offense. He's going against the Bills. The Bills defense has shut down some legit offenses this week, and I think the Bengals are really just going to struggle to move the ball. Since I don't like to tell you to sit someone without someone to start, I'm going to say you start Brian Hoyer. He's only owning 8% of the leagues, uh, according to Yahoo. He's facing the Colts, and the Colts giving up the fourth most passing yards per game at 296 yards. So you got to plug in Brian Hoyer this week. He's a quarterback that's going to give you a few good games each year. And those games are coming up. So start Brian Hoyer, go ahead and give Andy Dalton the rest. John, who you got? So the sit going in the direction that, that uh, Clark started with my sit for this week is Jordan Howard. Now he's had good fantasy value so far, but that value has been very touchdown dependent. And you haven't noticed it because he's had touchdowns in three of his four games. But last week, he averaged under three yards a carry against Green Bay. Uh, so far this season, he's only had one game over 60 yards. Uh, he's also going up against the Vikings defense that has only given up one rushing touchdown this year, and that was last week to Abdullah. This Vikings defense has played so far Mark Ingram and Kamara and such. Le'Veon Bell, Amir Abdullah, Jacquez Rogers has given up one rushing touchdown. He's going to have trouble. He's not the pass catcher in this uh, offense. He's the guy who runs straight ahead. So he's going to lack a little bit of that uh, this week against a very good Vikings defense. I don't see him getting a lot there. They will be at home, but that just slows everything up there at the Soldier Field where they do not mow the lawn. Uh, 
<laughs> so to start in this place, you get Frank Gore. Now he's he's one who's going to be below a lot of radars. He's he's in that flex area right now. He's about 23rd in standard Yahoo, 29th in ESPN PPR. Uh, but he's going up against San Francisco this week, his old team. They give up the seventh most fantasy points to running backs this year. Uh, they've had a double-digit back in every single week that they've played so far. <laughs> um, he's He hasn't had quite the targets you'd like at this point, but he's been decent. He's got the one touchdown, seven targets, five receptions, 191 yards in the rushing game. But he doesn't have a lot behind him. He's got uh, Robert Turbin. Marlon Mack is his backups. He's going to get the carries. He's going up against a defense that's going to give up points. And he's going to be somebody worth starting. So sit Howard, start Gore. That is a great matchup play. Really great matchup play. The Vikings number two in the league for least fantasy points per game. And like you mentioned, San Francisco number seven in most fantasy points given up per game. Very nice call. Uh, I am not as courteous as John and Clark. I'm just going to give you a sit, and you're going to have to deal with it yourself to find who to replace him with. Uh, Russell Wilson. I know, kind of surprising, given that he's coming off of uh, more fantasy points than anyone in the last two weeks. But has scored 16-plus fantasy points only once in his last five career road games against the Rams. And the Rams are holding quarterbacks in check at home, allowing, I believe, something like eight or not, only like seven or eight points through their through their last home game. So I think this is always something too that the NFC West always plays the NFC West better than anyone else. Uh we saw it already with the 49ers almost upsetting the Seahawks. Uh we've seen it before too with the Rams multiple times. I think this Rams defense is is going to come in and or the Seahawks are going to come into uh, I guess now LA. I was almost going to say St. Louis. Uh going to come into LA. And Wilson's going to struggle, particularly behind a porous offensive line that is not going to block Aaron Donald. I mean, I'm starting Russell Wilson this weekend in a couple of leagues, so you're wrong. And that's what I'm going to put out in the world is that you're wrong and he's going to be fine. But I think that's a really good point. The Wade Phillips defenses rush the quarterback really well, and then they match up outside with good corners, which the Rams have. And I know we haven't seen them be outstanding on defense yet but from what i've seen they're building to do that and i think going against the rams the rams is the they're the type of team that match up really well their strengths match up really well against the seahawks weaknesses and so it's gonna be on russell wilson to do it all himself and so he may do that because he is the quarterback that is able to do that but if he has a tough time or if he has a bad game, it's going to be one of those like 150 yards, a pick, and maybe a touchdown games. And we know that Russell Wilson can do it all because, according to John, he's about to win a Tony in a one-person Broadway musical. Well, of course. Because like we, we were talking about this beforehand. The quarterbacks, are it's, it's tough this week. There's a lot of guys hurt. And there's a lot of not great matchups. Like the best matchups you could see here are like – Jay Cutler's going against Tennessee's pass defense. Like, that would be great. But, like, Jay Cutler, you don't want to play. Smoking Jay. Brian yeah, Hoyer, it's... guys. Brian Hoyer is the start. 8% of Yahoo leagues. Start Brian Hoyer. But I, I also, but I also, I'm on John's boat too. And it's crazy to say this because the Titans do give up the big, the big passing plays more often. They're, they're one of the worst teams at shutting down the big passing play. And the Dolphins have Jay Cutler who can who can rip it occasionally. And Devontae Parker, I think, is like 
just keeps taking these steps into a breakout game. And this could be very well the game that their defense, their deep game just goes off the rails. You might be able to get Eli Manning, who's playing the Chargers. They're at least a middling defense. Um, he's got them at home. You should have, you said earlier, I mean, if Odell Beckham looks like he's playing. Yeah. It could be an interesting that's, start. That's, a, that's a touchdown right there. Let's uh, let's better about Jay Cutler now that you brought up Eli Manning. Now I feel better. Even though that. Eli, my boy, won me a Red Lobster, I oh. that's true. <laughs> and then Jerry Goff won me that Red Lobster right back, baby. Woohoo! Uh, yeah, all right, let's wrap. Not this a good week for streaming quarterbacks. It's just not a no, great week. Not. All right, let's wrap this podcast up and let's talk some Thursday night. The Patriots try to get back on track uh, now that they're two and two against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, a this year's since we talked about hard knocks earlier, this year's hard knock stars. Uh, Clark, call the game. So this is going to be really interesting for everybody waiting on Doug Martin to come back facing the worst defense in the NFL, possibly. Sorry, Pete. Uh, uh, it's so true. It's true. I'm, I'm going to be watching. Are the Buccaneers going to commit to the run like they did at the end of the year last year, or are they just going to run the ball just enough to let Jameis Winston air it out? Uh, so I think they're going to run, and I think they're going to run because it's going to be easy and because they're going to be trying to shorten the game against the Patriots' offense. Uh, so that's what I'm looking for. And I feel like, man, we are really in for a good Thursday night football game again this week. I'm really looking forward to watching this one. The over or under on this game, 55 and a half. Holy cow. That is a crazy number. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, so uh, if we're throwing out winners and losers in a score, I think I'm going to go like Pats 28, Bucks 23. I think it's going to be close. I think both teams are going to score. I don't think it's going to be an outrageous line, but I think both teams are going to be okay. And I think the Pats are going to win. I just don't. I think it's the older brother syndrome of Pats versus Buccaneers. I think the Patriots have just been better for longer, and they're just going to find a way to to eke it out here. I'm going higher. I'm picking Patriots 35-30. This features two of the four worst DVOA pass defenses in the league. Uh, This could be all over the place. Uh, There's going to be a ton of points in this game, I think. I think it's going to be back and forth. I think both teams are going to kind of surrender the run early. Uh, they're going to pass a lot, I think, on this game. There's all kinds of fun pa- passing stats that are getting thrown around. I have I have my own because we all came prepared with stats. Look at that. That is preparation right there. Air yards per attempt. This is looking currently in the NFL. Winston is number one with 11.7 yards per air yards in the air per attempt. Brady is number two with 11.2. Defense in passing yards allowed. The Patriots are 32nd with 324, and the Bucks are 31st with 316. So this game is going to be a throw-it-down-the-field, bombs-away shootout, 36-30. to 30. And you might ask yourself, how does a team come upon a 36 score? Going to be a safety! I'm calling it. <laughs> Six touchdowns, no extra points. Bull. No extra points. <laughs> <laughs> every extra point oh no now it's gonna happen oh, i'm sorry Goss. yeah i think i saw a step excellent on twitter today that the was it the buccaneers of like a 55 uh in their passing efficiency and that's apparently like one of the best and the patriots are worst at pass efficiency on defense i was like wow that 
that bodes well for just high scoring everywhere. Yeah. There you go. If you want, if you want to, I guess if you, you're not going to be able to stream Jameis Winston because he's not going to be, he's not going to be on the waiver wire. But if you are a DFS player, Jameis Winston, you should buy this week because it is very, because the Patriots don't have any corners who are going to cover Mike Evans, as we saw with Calvin Benjamin. And so it's just going to be a slaughter fest. Yeah, and for a long time, the smart money in DFS with the Thursday night game on your slate has been to fade the Thursday night game because they're usually atrocities that were, I guess, forced or fortunate enough to see on Thursday night. But with the Bucks against the Patriots, these are two really good teams who don't play great defense. So I think this might be one of those Thursday night slates that you do try to get a couple of guys in there because there there is going to be scoring. It's going to be a good one. Uh Make sure to follow us at RB1 Podcast. And now Clark's just flexing. Uh, follow John at jbarn54, Clark at nflclark.com. And now John's flexing. We're just flexing all over the place. Follow me at TM Rogers. Make sure to tune in Tuesday's podcast where we recap recap uh, the week five action. You can tell it's late because we are getting restless. Uh <laughs> And final thoughts are just remember you're about your fancy football team. Until next week. Woo! to the playoffs woo who are those talk people? baseball for a second talk baseball. what are we what are we a multi multi fantasy sports yeah. site i feel like such a creeper because i can walk out my front door and look into my neighbor's house and see their giant big screen with the uh mlb playoffs on and i cut cable out of my life and it's great except for when something like this is going on so i'm like how creepy is it for me to sit out here and smoke a cigarette and watch my neighbor's tv because like this yankees game is pretty interesting I don't want to know what's happening.